And uh, I just wanted to share some of the uh, wisdom and experiences that I've picked up from other people whilst working for this amazing charity. Um, Don't worry, it's not a fundraising talk. I just want to share God's heart for serving people in need in Edinburgh. And I'd like to actually start with a story about a guy called John. Um, John came to Bethany services about 30 years ago, possibly more than that. Um, And this was early days for the charity, and he stayed in Bethany House. Now, in these days, the founder, Alan Berry, was still running Bethany House, and his house was actually next door to it. Now, John was encouraged to gain some independence, to start paying rent, to get a job, and he did. He he got a job working at a bank. And uh, the problem was his journey towards kind of independence, or his journey away from homelessness was not straightforward. And so what he would do is he would go out, um, work at the bank, and then spend his money on drink. And then he would come back to the house in the evening after curfew had closed the doors, um, and he had bribed one of the other residents to prop open his window for him so he could climb in through the window and uh, sneak in, and then he would leave the next morning before Alan could confront him about his missed rent or his missed curfew. And he was doing this for a bit, but obviously, Alan, not a fool, he he cottoned on to what was going on. And so one day, John comes home, he's had a bit to drink again, and he goes to his window, and it's been bolted shut. And he gets annoyed, he's like, what am I bribing my friend for if he's not going to prop the window open for me? So he tries the next window along. That's also been bolted shut. And so he's, he's, you know, not thinking straight. He jimmies a couple more windows, they're all shut. Eventually, he finds an open one, and he climbs through right into the lounge of Alan Berry. And so Alan comes into the room with a torch in his pajamas and says, what on earth do you think you're doing? And the game was up for him. Now, I happen to know this story because John is my boss. Um, John works for Bethany these days. He's the director of income generation. And he told me that story. He said I was quite all right to share it because to him, that's a totally different life. And if you were to meet John today, he wouldn't resemble the person in that story. And I wanted to start with that because that's what's at stake here. When we talk about caring for people in need, caring for people who are poor, we're talking about lives transformed. We've been singing and hearing prophetic words about second chances today. That's what's at stake here. But also, I wanted to tell you that story because sometimes caring for people who are poor, people who are disadvantaged, It's not a straightforward journey. Sometimes it requires uh, patience and grace and um, a bigger picture of who that person might become. So I'd like us to start by reading from Acts 6, from the the start of it. Um, And this is in the early days of the church. And they come across this problem that there are some people in the congregation who are poorer than everyone else, who are being disadvantaged and left out of their aid. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So there's a racial bias going on here, and some people were being left behind, widows here being amongst the poorest and most disadvantaged in their society. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, Choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give them our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, 
Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a, con- a convert to Judaism. They presented those men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. So I picked this passage because there's a requirement here that's interesting to me. They required that the seven men chosen to do this bit of administration, to care for the poor people in their community, will be full of the spirit and wisdom. Why is that? And I think it's interesting because you actually don't need to be filled with the spirit to care about people who are struggling in Edinburgh. Anyone can give money, and they should. Anyone can volunteer. Anyone can spread the word. Anyone can run a marathon. Yes, even me. Um, This actually, I just, we can take that down now. I just put that up as a cry for help. Please pray for me next Sunday. Uh, and, And particularly around... Around the time when the preacher will be coming up, we'll be uh, here in church, we'll be round about the point where I'm wishing I was dead. So <laughs> that's next Sunday. Um, anyone could do those things. But this condition is there. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. And what I want to envision you with today is that spirit-filled care for people who are poor is a much richer vision of what care can look like. It's a much richer vision of compassion, and it actually revolutionizes care, both in how you approach it and how we as a church can approach it. And I just want to talk about a few different ways that the spirit affects how we might care for people in need. And to start off with, I'd like to do that by talking about how the spirit um, gives us the presence of God. And taking the presence of God into our work makes a big deal. So I'd like to invite Karis and Callum up to the stage because they both work... Yeah, come this side, grab a couple of mics. Um, Here's a nice picture of Karis and Callum. (laughs) First one I found on Facebook. That's not a work. These guys are... (laughs) That's not a work, I promise. These guys are very very dear friends to me and I invited them up because I actually think they model this really well. They model bringing the presence of God into their work with them. So first, tell me who you are and what you do. I'm Karis. Um, I'm a family support manager for a charity called Safe Families. Uh, I'm Callum uh, and I work for Bethany as part of the Move On Support team. So we take people who have been living on the streets and we give them somewhere to stay and help them build independence and hopefully help them find somewhere they can live for the rest of their lives. So you're both working each day with people who um, are at the poorest end of our society, people who are struggling, people who are often at the end of their rope or, or trying to recover from a season of homelessness. How does being filled with the Holy Spirit help you in your work? Uh, so for me, how the Holy Spirit helps me is just helps me to understand those that I work with, those that I'm supporting. Nobody ever chooses to be in this position. No one's gone, this is my goal in life. And without the Holy Spirit, it becomes really hard to see that. But with the Holy Spirit, it helps me to understand and have empathy for these people and work out how I can help them. Yeah, and I think for me, it's just about being filled with the presence of the Lord so that that can then be seen and being able to to show love. Um, I think I am daily faced with things that feel overwhelming, (laughs) that for myself I have no idea what to do next, and yet somehow the Lord steps in through the Holy Spirit and, and people see it, and I have people turn around to me and say, there's just something about you that calms me. <laughs> or oh, there's just something about you that makes me feel safe. 
And if I'm brave enough, like I said, or I get the second chance when I've bottled it, I'm able to say, that's Jesus. Mm. And that's the presence of the Lord. So you get this heavenly perspective of these people and you get carry this presence of God with you, which, you know, as we know from the Bible, brings peace that passes understanding. Now, obviously, you guys are in a bit of a unique position because not everyone in the room works for a charity. What would you advise to people who, who aren't encountering uh, people who are poor in their sort of daily lives and, and how the Spirit can impact their journey? I have two. Uh, the first one is to be moved by compassion. In the story of the Good Samaritan, the reason that he he helps is because it says that he was moved by compassion. He saw the heart of God and wanted to help because he knew that's what God wanted him to do. And that's such an important thing of just seeing someone who's struggling and wanting to help is such a huge start. But the second point is to be wise about how you do that. Kind of, Karis and I, this is our job. We're trained and paid to sort this out and to figure out and it's always just worth using wisdom of how can I help am I the best person to help in this scenario yeah great and I think uh for me it's just about being prayerful and actually being led by by the spirit there are people around you that you don't know what they're going through you've got no idea what their situation is we all love to wear a mask (laughs) that says that everything's okay and actually sometimes it's not and um yeah I just I just felt the Lord say to me this morning that he wants to say that he he loves to heal brokenness and he loves to restore and actually if you're prayerful he will put people in your path and he will direct you he will show you who you can just care for and sometimes it's just about the one sometimes it's just literally about listening that's all you can actually do but the power of that when you have the Holy Spirit with you can be transformative um so yeah just being prayerful and actually taking those opportunities when they arise and responding to the Spirit in that way yeah, thank you so much, guys. Uh, yeah, you can sit down. Round of applause for them. I wanted you to hear from them because I want you to grasp that this isn't an abstract thing. This is a, a daily reality where the Holy Spirit can fill you up and equip you with everything that you need, can equip you with the presence of God to serve people who are poorer, people who are disadvantaged. And it actually leads really nicely into another point that I wanted to make, which is that the Spirit changes our character. Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, all of those kind of things. And he says after that, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. One thing that the Holy Spirit of God does is daily molds you and shapes you. To, to make you more like Jesus. And how does this apply to what I'm talking about? Well, I wanted to give you an example from someone who has used some of Bethany's services. Uh, I'm going to call her Iona. That's not her real name. Um, she came to one of our residential units, and it was a real struggle to help her at first. Um, she was very distant. She pushed people away. She didn't trust them. Um, she was difficult with the other residents, and she lied a lot. Um, she, she actually has since said that during that time, uh, during meetings, she'd pretend to be drinking from a bottle of water, but it would actually be vodka in there, in, in what was supposed to be a dry house. And so she, she just created chaos and difficulty within this house. 
and ultimately she had to leave. Six weeks later, she was referred to the same residential unit and the people who ran it were uncertain if they wanted to say yes, if they wanted to bring her back in. They prayed and they decided actually we should. And it was a totally different experience. She came back and she was able to articulate that actually she'd grown up having to cope by herself the entire time. She'd never had anyone that she could trust. And so she didn't know how to trust anyone. And that's why she was so difficult before. Since then, Iona's actually become a Christian. She got baptized very recently. And she says that she is learning to trust. She's learning what trust looks like. And it was only through that second chance that we were given, which is just amazing how much second chances have come up today, that she was able to begin a real journey to recovery. I asked the manager of that house, you know, how, how did God impact this decision? And they said, well, as we were praying about it, I realized that I believed in God giving people second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances, but that it was easier to believe than to put it into practice. And here was an opportunity for me to put that belief into practice. I had to choose to act in love over my personal emotional response to it. It is difficult sometimes to care for people who have had complex lives, difficult lives that have led to the situations that they're in. It would have been difficult for the seven men appointed in this passage. They had to confront inequality within the church. People would have had to be told they were wrong. Personal behaviors would have had to change. But I believe that because they had the spirit of God within them, they were able to approach a difficult situation with wisdom, with grace, with patience and perseverance. And, and us, with the presence of God within us, are able to become more like Jesus as we serve those in need. It's only possible by the Spirit. For many of you, certainly for me, our default is not to be a holy, loving, patient, sacrificial, trusting kind of person. We need the Spirit to shape us and mold us and, and bring out the fruits of the Spirit within us to make us more generous, to make us more trusting and sacrificial. Caring for people who are poor requires sacrifice. It comes with a cost. Maybe that's the sacrifice of time, with volunteering, with giving up evenings, with giving up weekends, with giving up nights. Maybe it's a sacrifice of money, and you need to, and God will push you to give more than you feel like, you know, you have in your uh, sort of budget. Maybe it's a sacrifice of comfort. Sometimes, sometimes it's not a comfortable thing to help people. I, I can tell you personally, in my own weakness, I didn't want to do a round on Bethany's care van where we just go around serving food and drink to people for quite a long time because I thought someone with this accent is never going to be able to connect with some of the guys that we serve in Leith. That's, that's just what I was going through. Thankfully, I had to do a round on the caravan. I was made to by work. And I realized just how poorly founded my fears were. And the Spirit has begun to work in me since then, changing me, helping me to, to 
be more sacrificial, and he can do that in you as well, but it is enabled by the Spirit. I think one of the key things, one of the key fruits of the Spirit that is necessary for a job like this and we've, uh, for, for a calling like this, and we've heard it in the story so far, is patience. I love that Emma started today by bringing a word about faith of God doing work over time. And sometimes we need to persevere in faith. Most people who are at the sort of bottom rung of the economic ladder, most people who are struggling, are not going to have a change of circumstances overnight. It takes time, patience, and trust that God is working, even when you can't see that he's working. And do you see what's happening here? While you go out there and serve people who are poor, while you allow the Spirit to do these things in you, you're actually experiencing the grace of God yourself. You're experiencing you as an imperfect person being changed by the Spirit, and you get to have God walk with you patiently. God takes you on a journey, and, and, and you, know, you are both changed by the experience, and God is infinitely more patient with you. And and over time, what will happen is that these supernatural interventions of God making you more patient, making you more gracious, making you more trusting and sacrificial, they will stop becoming supernatural interventions and they will become a part of your character. And before you know it, you'll look back and you'll think, God has changed me. God has shaped me. So can I encourage you to pursue the fruit of the Spirit, to actively pursue change and obedience. And there are so many ways you can do that that King's Church make available. Um, If you're doing the Reading God's Word Together plan, I believe it is impossible to read the entirety of the Bible and not get, get God's heart for the poor coming through to you. It is impossible to read the entirety of the Bible and not realize how much God's heart breaks for people who are poor. Running partners that we've just heard about, Use that accountability. Use those people who are at the same stage of life as you to, to sharpen you, to, to encourage one another, to say, oh, do you know what? I don't, I don't know about this area, but I, I know I want to grow in it. And you can stir one another up to greater levels of spiritual maturity. I keep knocking into that. Can move this forward. Um, small groups. Work this out this week in small groups. What can you do as a small group to serve Edinburgh, to serve people in need in our city? But when you are empowered by the Spirit, you will be able to achieve far more than you think yourself capable of now, because the Spirit will be at work in you. Finally, I want to talk about how the Spirit brings us into God's plan. And this is the really revolutionary thing about Spirit-filled care for the poor. Um, There's a quote from a book called When Helping Hurts. And the the two authors, they say, what is the task of the church? It's a good question. We are to embody Jesus Christ by doing what he did and what he continues to do through us. Declare, using both words and deeds, that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, who is bringing righteousness, justice, and peace. I agree with that. The task of the church is to to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be the expression of God's love. And I talk about being brought into God's plan because we do not have to cajole the Spirit 
into helping us out when we want to care for people who are poor. Actually, what we get to do is be brought into the Spirit's purposes of God's kingdom building plan for Edinburgh. God the Father is on a mission to build his church, to grow his kingdom here in Edinburgh, and he has sent his Spirit to help us to make that possible. When we go out and care for people who are poor, people who are disadvantaged, the Spirit brings us deeper into God's purposes through Spirit-filled care for people who are poor. It is not an optional extra. It is a part of the expression of the gospel. It's a part of an expression of who we are as a church, that we care for those who are most in need in our community. I believe that sometimes in the Bible, we actually see evidence of God choosing to withhold growth, withhold some blessings, if we neglect these duties. In the book of Isaiah, the people are complaining. They're saying, God, why aren't you answering our prayers? We're praying, we're fasting. And God says, but you're missing something out. He says to them, is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. It's once they remembered their duties to care for the people in their society that God says, then your light will break forth. The growth of the kingdom goes hand in hand with God's people caring for people who are poor and disadvantaged. Spirit-filled care for the poor unlocks kingdom growth. We can see that in the passage that we read at the start. They go hand in hand. It's not an optional extra. Look at what happened once these seven people started taking better care of the poor people in their community. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. I want to say it again. Spirit-filled care for people who are poor unlocks the growth of the kingdom. One of the primary purposes of the Spirit at work in our lives is to fulfill the calling of God upon his people to build his kingdom on earth. God's kingdom is one of abundant generosity, provision, grace, and unity, which cannot exist if the poorest in our community are left in the dirt while we pursue our own gains. If we want to see God's kingdom come here in Edinburgh, then we need the Holy Spirit to fill us up equip us and send us out to care for those in need. If you're here in the sermon last week, you would have heard a prophetic urging from the guy who's speaking, whose name I have temporarily forgotten. I apologize. He was Martin. He was a guest speaker. He was great. And he said, we shouldn't be content with good, but we should pursue greatness within the plans of God. I think as a church, King's Church is very good 
at doing some of the stuff that I've been talking about. We are a very, very generous church financially. Um, we have volunteers and things like in work for Bethany and for safe families and in other areas as well. We're good. But I think there was prophetic truth in what Martin brought last week. And the question I want to leave us with today, myself included, is what would spirit-filled greatness in this area look like? What would greatness look like when we were even more mobilized as a church to care for people in Edinburgh who are poor, who are in need, who are at the end of their rope? It's not a slog. It's not a duty that we have to perform. It is making yourself available to God to enter into his plans through the empowerment of the Spirit. Through it, you receive his promised presence and you will experience the fruit of the Spirit as you grow and change. Anyone can give money, and you should. (laughs) Anyone can volunteer, and you should. But only we, as followers of Jesus and recipients of his Holy Spirit, can bring life-changing power, can bring renewal, can turn mourning into dancing, can bring light into dark places, can bring hope and love to those in need, can have that heavenly perspective that Callum was talking about, where we see people from God's eyes, where we don't see a problem, but we see a person made in the image of God and loved by him. And we get to be the expression of that love to them. And maybe they've never experienced it before. Only we, the people of God, filled with his Holy Spirit, can care for people who are poor in this way. So let's do it. I'd like to invite the band back up. And as we respond, I think there are two major responses here. And if you're a very practical person who sees a problem and thinks, I want to fix it, yes, I hear you, great, um, then good. What you can do is come chat to me at the end or Karis or Callum. Mike works for Bethany, gets a spiel from him. Uh, Rebecca Wright, if she's here, I don't know, I can't see her, works for Safe Families. But speak to someone who works for one of these charities. Say, how can I help? Can I volunteer in some way? Um, both Safe Families and Bethany are always looking for volunteers. You could go on to Jubilee Plus, an amazing website that has so many resources about equipping the church to better care for people who are poor. Um, I've got some uh, sort of Bethany booklets at the back as well. You can take away, read a bit more about what we do. But that's just a very practical response. I want to encourage you to also have a heart response today. Because as I say, anyone can take the practical response Only the church can respond by receiving more of the Spirit and saying, God, I need you. I need your Spirit in order to fulfill this calling, in order to reach people in need. And maybe God will begin to speak to you today about what that looks like for you. And maybe he'll do it over the course of the week in small group. I just want to pray for you. If you... uh, uh, You've been encouraged by what Nathaniel shared today. And it's even been refreshed today. And this is something you've already been involved in in some way. Maybe it's your work. Maybe it's something about your family circumstances. Maybe it's how you spend some of your time. Maybe you're volunteering in one of the ways that, uh, that Kings works together to do this or you're doing something else. Um, and you just, it is hard. It's hard. 
And, and God just wants to give some fresh grace for you today by His Spirit. Daniel has reminded us so helpfully that we aren't just do-gooders, that God wants to freshen and strengthen us again. And sometimes we're just like, well, it's the right thing and God's told us to do it. So I guess He just wants me to get on with it. And He's saying, I want to fill you with my Spirit freshly today. And just if you're just doing that, you're, you're involved uh, voluntarily or in your job or uh, in, in your, your family or in your area or the, whatever it is. And you just like, I just need more of the grace of God. And he just, I just believe God wants to give that to you right now. You, you've heard and you've responded. And you're like, man, I'm still going. And the Spirit says, I want to give you that fresh water that we've spoken about today, that fresh life to come. And maybe for you, it'll be, it'll be faith for that new life to burst through, as Karen spoke about, those breakthrough moments like John's story. Or maybe it'll just be fresh water that just stops you from getting hard and crusty and lifeless in and of yourself. God wants just to bless you. Why don't you, why don't you ask Him right now to fill you, fill you. It's so tiring sometimes. I get so tired. I'm like, this is so hard. And, and God wants to give you fresh grace. God wants to give you fresh grace right now, that even the choice that you've made would feel more of a joy than perhaps it does. It's, it's very easy just to get into, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. And God wants to freshen that up, that I get to do this. I get to do this. I get to be with the Lord as He helps me. He's going to do things that I can't even do. I'm going to watch, I'm going to work and then I'm going to step back and He's going to do something. And He just wants to fill you with fresh faith for that right now, right now. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Give us, Lord, we need you. Oh, we need you, God. Strengthen us again. Strengthen us again. Some of you, you just feel like you're fighting against such forces that are so beyond your control. Some of those, are, they're systematic. They're endemic. feels like the whole nation's against you. Some of you, it's, it's very personal. It's in that very one person. You're like, how is this ever going to change in this one person? And either way, it just feels overwhelming. And God Almighty just wants to remind you of who He is and that He's with you. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just... Give us fresh grace and fresh strength and fresh freshness, Holy Spirit, please. And Lord, for others that, who are here today just thinking, oh, okay, I need to start doing this. Oh, I need to step in. I need to begin. Just the Spirit right now just wants to say yes. I think for some of us, He wants to just help us to embody this more. Some of you are you're cash rich and time poor, so you're giving and that's great. But again, the thing reminded us, we need to be involved personally. And God just is speaking very gently and very graciously to you and saying, now's the time. Now's the time. Just listen to him because he might not be saying that to you, but for some of you, he's saying it to you. Now's the time. But even now, you just need to say yes to God. Just say yes to him. felt like the spirit there was saying that I've given you what you need the Bible says that all things are possible through him who strengthens me 
felt like God is reminding us, I've given you what you need by the Spirit. So maybe God's already placing ideas in your head now. Great, go for it. Pursue it. You don't need to to wait for an okay. And uh, just as we bring things to a close here, I've invited Karis to come and just pray for us as a church. Father, we thank you for this opportunity this morning. We thank you that we get to hear more of your heart, more of who you are. We thank you, Lord, that you are love. We thank you, Lord, that you are justice, that you are righteousness. And, and Lord, we, we pray you'll help us to experience that for ourselves, that we may also show that to others. Lord, we pray that you will just grow us as a church <laughs> in your love, in your justice, in your righteousness, in your care. Lord, will you help us to, to just reach out? <laughs> will you help us to have this at the centre of what we do for you are at the centre of what we do, Lord, and that is what that looks like. Help us to just not hold back and to trust in you. Thank you, you bring us with you. Thank you, you use us. Thank you, you show us the work that you want to do. And Lord, may we be more responsive to that from today. May we hear you, may we seek you, and may we just obey when you prompt us. And may we step out in faith, knowing that you transform, that you bring life, and that you are love. And Lord, will we have testimony after testimony here on this stage over the next months of people that have come to know you, of people that are joining our family, of people that have just experienced you through us, Lord, and we can take it back to you spoke and we responded. So Lord, will you, will you speak now and will you help us to follow? And we thank you again. Amen.